Okay, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Emily Lopez. She has spent 15 years in technology marketing, working for some of the biggest names in the business. She also has a passion for guiding women entrepreneurs with her consulting company, Elo Consulting. And she showcases some of those entrepreneurs uh, on her show, Digital Growth Live. Emily, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Andrew. It's such a pleasure to be on your, your podcast today. So I have to admit, after seeing you online, watching uh, you do some live episodes and looking at some recordings, I really want to come to your house because there's always a different, beautiful wallpaper <laughs> background that I'm seeing. And uh, it's just very cheery and, and great vibes. Uh, thank you so much. I get so many compliments on it. It's actually my... Uh, covid gift to myself as we were stuck in this world of just in one little room i was like i need to have fun playfulness so i have two great walls in my house and everybody loves them there i think the quality tricked me into thinking there was like eight of them because they're so beautiful and i was like <laughs> i think she just lives in a flower house but it seems it seems really cheery yeah, so yeah Emily, you uh, work with female entrepreneurs, help them with their marketing. I've also helped early stage entrepreneurs uh, with an organization called SeedSpot, who, uh, which focuses on, on female entrepreneurs and underrepresented entrepreneurs. Can you tell me how you got into ELO Consulting and, and what you love about it? Oh, yeah. So I have, um, like you said, I've been in marketing in the tech space for 15, almost 17 years now. Love marketing, love being creative, love just that feeling. Um, but something I, I was just, so if you're in the high tech world, you know, there's, it's primarily when you're talking to a lot of companies, it's primarily men, right? A lot of the VPs, a lot of the sales guys, it's all usually men. And then during COVID, I was like, I, I really want to work with women, women entrepreneurs, right? And so someone planted the seed um, and said, why don't you do marketing with women entrepreneurs? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's 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 it, right? So um, I started my business, ELO Consulting, in the middle of the pandemic, really working with women entrepreneurs, helping, helping them to understand marketing and the power of marketing, right? Telling stories. But what I'm finding is that not only is there a need for that, but there's a need to help women feel more comfortable becoming visible on, on, on just in general, like in the digital space, but in their business. So really been passionate about doing that. And I've done a lot of transformational work outside of work because I'm, I'm a student of learning and I love to learn. Um, so yeah, so I've kind of combined all my passions into one, my, my baby, my ELO consulting and digital growth live. And, and I love it. That's wonderful. Well, the, the love for it and passion comes through in what you do. Cause it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, what have you noticed working with different entrepreneurs? Is there, are there any common things that pop up or are there, do you feel like you deal with some of the same issues over and over when you're talking to people who are putting themselves out there and trying to start something new or scale something that they've been working on? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great visionaries out there. Um, I love one, one of the things I love about working with businesses and entrepreneurs at, is that they're visionaries. They see a vision and they want to take it out into the world. But what I see is what really stops some people is the consistency 
of doing it day in and day out, day in and day out. And as a consultant, as in a coach, that's what I love to help my my um, clients with, right? Stay, keep them focused on their vision, but also help them stay focused on their path because it's very easy. And this is across the board that you just, there's so many different things that you can get involved in as an entrepreneur or a business, right? There's sales, there's marketing, there's operations, there's finance that you're like, squirrel, squirrel. And I'm like, <laughs> Stay focused. Stay focused. So, you know, one of my things is really helping them stay true to their vision. And that's that's what I love about it. And that's what I see a lot of people have, like, difficulty staying the course and doing the same thing over and over and then optimizing it, right? Not being, like, completely stuck to their vision and being flexible. So those are the two things that I see that are really common for, for businesses. Absolutely. And it's a tough line, fine line to to uh, balance on because you have to do a lot of experimentation to see what works and what doesn't. Um, but you have to give things a fair shot. It's easy to give up on experiments before you really know whether they're going to work or not. That's where the discipline comes in, but obviously you can go wrong doing the wrong thing over and over <laughs> if it's not working. So navigating some of those things is, uh, it's, it's a tough, uh, I think it's tough for anyone, but it's definitely tough if you haven't don't have some experience doing yeah. it. What do you think um, your experience in the tech world has let you bring uh, to these entrepreneurs that you work with? Definitely the structure, right? The structure and also the breadth of work that I have that I have seen, right? As some when I work with my clients, like yeah, not young, but people are starting out as entrepreneurs, like there's so many different um, tactics that they can see, like for social media or for video or for podcasts, right? And they want to do a little bit of everything. And what I do is like, no, let's take a look at what your, your, your products are, your services are. Let's take a look at what your end goal is. And then let's fit what are the tactics that are going to support you best now. Then we start working with that. And then we figure out, okay, what are the next steps? What are the next bit of tactics that are going to help you to have a holistic um, approach, right? So it's not like burning yourself out. That's one thing I see a lot for entrepreneurs is that they tend to take on so much from a marketing perspective. And then, like you said, they experiment and they were like, nothing works. I'm like, well, because you're just throwing everything up in the air and hoping it works. Like there's no thought behind how it's going to work. Um, so for me, it's bringing the experience of seeing what has worked, what hasn't worked, um, in the past and putting that together for something that's unique to them. And that's what I love, right? For me, I think I'm a good consultant or a good coach because I like to experiment. And I say, let's, let's try to fail once or twice, right? We're not always failing, but like, if we do something and it's amazing, great. Like nobody's ever done it before. If we fail, okay, then we look, how do we optimize it to make better results the next time? We just keep on um, playing around with it until it gets well, the results we want. Yep. Experimentation is so important. <laughs> and, you know, we like to joke that um, it's a dumb idea until it makes money and then it's, then it's innovation. So brilliant, right? It's brilliant. Like, why did I think about this before? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's, you know, it's not only entrepreneurs that get burned out. I think you can get burned out working in a lot of different jobs. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot, have maybe a another podcast idea that I'm working on uh, related to something along those lines. But um, have you ever felt 
you know, burnt out in your, in your day to day? And what do you do to, to, you know, keep things fresh and stay energized? Yeah, I think that's why you see this wall behind me. <laughs> I mean, I, I experienced burnout many years ago. Um, so it's really near and dear to my heart. And that's when I work with people, I try to like, if I see the signs that they're looking, they're going to burn out and like, we got to revamp stuff. Right. So I have a practice that I do with, um, meditation and breathing, um, journaling. I like to dance. You said I'm fun. I am fun. So I like to make sure that I'm doing things that are making me laugh. Right. And someone told me the other day, like, they're like, oh, you make work so much fun. And it's like, it's playful. Well, you should be doing things that for me, like you should be doing things that make you happy. Right. And if you're not doing that, like, how can you do, how can you bring joy into that? Like joy is a choice. Happy is a choice. Right. So I'll leave it at that. But yeah, so I, I do a slew of things in terms of like meditation, making sure I'm in nature. I love nature. That grounds me, gives me um, ideas. Um, so yeah, I make sure that I'm first no matter what. Like 100%, if I'm not feeling good, then my clients are not going to get the best of me. So I know that that investment of time for myself is an investment in my clients. I totally get that. And uh, I've had a similar experience where if you're building something, um, it's going to take time. It's going to take failed experiments, which means it's going to take longer than you want it to take, <laughs> which means that you have to have the energy to keep going. And that means operating in a way that's sustainable. And that's different for everybody, but I resonate so much with you have to do things that, that make you joyful. You have to be able to have a little bit of fun at work. You have to be able to uh, make light of the situations that are stressful or feel heavy. And um, I think all of that stuff intersects because if you have the right uh, energy and mindset, then you can bring that to work and help others. And when you help them, you're learning. I want to take the conversation to um, the flip of what I asked before. So I asked, you know, what has the B2B world taught you um, to, to help these entrepreneurs? What has helping these entrepreneurs or what have you learned from these entrepreneurs that have helped you in the B2B marketing? I, I, I mean, I think that working with the B2C model has really re-energized me from the B2B perspective, right? So from a tech world, I have been really focused on traditional marketing for oh, quite some time. You know, we're doing events, we're doing email campaigns, we're doing telemarket, uh, yeah, telesales, telemarketing. Um, and I think I needed a change and that's kind of why I started my own business focusing more on a digital component. And um what I've seen working from the digital component in the B2C world is now I'm just integrating that back into the tech world, right? And we've had conversations offline talking about like humanizing the process of B2B sales. Um, and what I'm doing is taking digital marketing, um, and there's many different forms of digital marketing, right? Like social, SEM, SEO, stuff like that. But taking that and humanizing it in the tech world, which is which my clients are like, oh my God, this is refreshing, right? And I want people to know that here in, when we had COVID, like people are craving the human to human experience, the human to human touch. So when you integrate that into marketing, into your marketing message, like people like, they're excited. They're like, oh my God, I don't have to read another like 
boring white paper. Not to say that like there is always a need for that, but there's also an opportunity for you to like humanize that experience um, and 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 have that engagement with your with your prospects and your customers. Absolutely. And and there's a time and place, right? The white paper yeah. may be what is needed to close the deal or get them further down the funnel, make sure the data makes sense, make sure the tech aligns. But before that white paper, you need their attention. And people pay attention to uh, things that catch their attention. And that's not something they have a ton of, of control over. Are there any specific examples you can share or things that you've experimented with in the B2B tech marketing world that you thought, man, this is really more like a B2C move and it's working great? Um, not really like a B2C, but like some of the things that I know that work in the tech world or are those personalized, like if you're doing like a direct mail piece and this was kind of pre-COVID, it's kind of coming back where you send something that's truly personalized to the person that you're trying to reach, right? Um, so one of my one of my companies that I worked for a long time ago were was they were located in New York and New York is famous for a couple of different things in terms of food, but cannolis everybody loves. So for Christmas they sent out cannolis to um, a couple prospects and a couple customers and they got so many like new engagements. So I would say like food um, in the B2B world, especially in the tech world is working, right? And that's kind of crossed over why you can't do direct like direct mail um, in the like the virtual space. Now people are doing like the wine tastings and the beer tastings. So they're still having that food and that human component, but they're just bringing we're just bringing digital in to, to the mix as well. So it's a hybrid. It's actually really cool from a marketing perspective to see um, how marketing has shifted and evolved. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up. I don't think we've talked about food or drink on here before, no? but I'm familiar with a number of podcasts that are doing happy hours or special cocktails. Uh, I think it's really cool. And it is an interesting, uh, an interesting component of the hybrid events that we're going to start seeing and how the digital and physical worlds are going to overlap. Um, cannolis are a great idea. I'm wondering what Arizona food I could send to people. I don't know how good a taco would do in the mail. <laughs> well, there's taco making classes, right? So you could send the ingredients. Um, you could do that. Um, what I like to do when I work with my vendors is they know their that my clients, they know their prospects, right? They also know the like the local vendor. So some of the people like in New Orleans would send a king cake for um, Mardi Gras, right? Um, some places are known for the best honey. Um, so you do like honey sticks or honey spoons. I mean, I can go on and on because we've done so many. Uh, one of my clients did a, a pasta making uh, basket with ingredients for pasta and a bottle of wine. They did a cookbook from Italy. It was fantastic. And then they they sent like a video and then they sent them to a webinar as well. And they did a demonstration. It was, it was phenomenal. And you get people um, to your webinars, right? So you have that 
uh, like 15, 20 minutes where you talk about your product or solution, but then you get to have fun again, right? People are craving that human connection. People are craving like just some normalcy. And so the cooking just brings people together. Food always brings people together. Yeah, you can have a big bowl of spaghetti and then read the white paper to put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I love that idea. Have you incorporated food into any of your marketing for the entrepreneurs you work with? I have not yet, um, but I definitely want to do that in the future. Um, and I'm yeah, now you have my mind thinking, I'm thinking like QR codes or the lollipop, you know, like just fun things. But yeah, I think it would be a, a good thing for my, my clients. Like you said, Especially I'm like, sorry, and, and we talked about different parts of the funnel, right? So you would just think about what part of the funnel you could put implement food into, to that conversation. I think we're going to have to distribute some graphics here of the funnel and where the food comes in or different types of food for different pieces of the funnel yeah. might be a fun little, uh, takeaway from this episode. So Emily, tell me a little bit about digital growth live. I've seen you live on LinkedIn. Um, you know, how did you get started doing, doing those, uh, those sessions and, and what do you love about it? Yeah. So how did I get started? I, I, I wonder that myself sometimes. <laughs> I think it's just like I always set these really big goals for myself. Um, I'm like, I'm, I go big or I go home. And so I was doing video marketing. I was creating my own videos. Um, but I was like, I, I know I have great content, but I also know that there's so many other women out there in different industries that are doing amazing things and they have so much knowledge. So it's like, I'm sure my audience also wants to hear a different perspective so I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to interview a hundred women entrepreneurs um, over this year and different industries, different ethnicities, different ages, um, and really just talk to them about what they're doing, um, what their products or services, and also help them get comfortable, you know, talking on camera, being live on video. And I just love it. I mean, I've had so much fun. As you see, like I get on there, we're just like giggling. But I mean, these women are up to some amazing things um, that I just love, like meeting them, understanding what they do and helping them to become more visible in this digital world. Because video is here and video is here to stay. I mean, I think I was, I was doing a presentation last night, I think in 2000, what are we, 2022? So 2018, it was like the average person spent 10 hours um, watching video per week. And now it's 2022, they're at almost 20 hours a week. Wow. Video consumption is crazy. Um, and it's only going to keep on skyrocketing. So what we're doing right now, you know, this is, this is the future of marketing. Definitely. Um, having a lot of success with the little clips from this podcast that we're putting on LinkedIn have had a, a ton of people reach out and it's a lot of fun. And, um, it's just the, putting the content in the form that people, uh, like to consume. And that's those, those short, uh, bites with some, some interesting, uh, tidbits, uh, you know, along with some subtitles. Uh, so if they don't have sound, they can read right along. But, um, what tips do you have for people who might be shy about getting on camera? You know, it's not something that I was chomping at the bit to do myself. Um, and with a little bit practice, I'm, I'm more comfortable. I'm sure there's, 
there's more for me to learn. But, you know, I was hesitant at the start. What do you tell people who were where I was, which is, uh, you know, I don't know if I really want to get on camera. Does anyone really want to see me? What do I even have to say? That's exactly what I thought, you know, before I jumped on video, like nobody wants to hear me. Well, what am I going to say? Um, that's just, that's just normal. Like that's just normally being a human. Like we're always going to have these doubts. What I would say is just do it. Um, I actually had a conversation again yesterday about this. I think there's three things. Um, one is practice preparation. So before, like if you're really nervous about doing it, prepare, know what you want to say, get really clear on the message, get really clear on what your audience wants to hear. So, you know, and you're prepared and you're ready to have that conversation Two, um, I say, let your message be greater than your fear. So as an entrepreneur, as a business person, you are doing business for a reason. Your product and service is needed and people really need to see and hear what you have. So if you are scared, let your message be greater than your fear. And that's what drives me every single day when sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do another video. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, no, people need to hear the message. Um, and that drives me forward. And with preparation and practice, and then you surround yourself with really cool people like Andrew, like oh. it becomes easy. It becomes easy. It definitely gets easier, especially with positive feedback. And I can't speak to other platforms, but LinkedIn is such a positive place. You get so much positive feedback and almost zero negative feedback um, that it's easy to push yourself out there. Yeah. And even if you get negative feedback, you just delete that and you keep on moving. Like there's so much content out there that if people don't like it, that's okay. They're going to like somebody else's content. Like we have attention spans of a squirrel. Like I think the average attention span seriously is like three seconds. That's why these video, these short videos are what people like the best because our attention span is so short. So it's, it's just like kind of a no brainer. So what is coming up for you this year in 2022? I know you got a bunch of stuff going on. What are you most excited about? Anything cooking for what's next? I'm super excited about Digital Growth Live, just continuing to chat with different women entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I just took a slight break from that because I was working on my first masterclass, um, helping women entrepreneurs with become visible with videos. Um, so we're going to be doing a couple more masterclasses this year. Um, and then from the tech space, really working with my clients, getting them used to digital marketing, like all facets of digital marketing. We've really started to implement some like Google paid ads, Bing paid ads, um, SEO, and I'm really trying to get them to do video, but all my tech clients are like, I don't want to do video. <laughs> that would be my major goal if I get my tech clients to do videos, um, because I really think that's going to help their sales cycle. For me, videos help close the sales cycle or shorten the sales cycle, because from a no like trust factor, people start to get to know who you are, right? So you don't have all these objections or you can put your objections in your videos, right? And people start to hear that time over time. So when they have the conversation with you, it's like a conversation of just about getting to know like who you are, but they already know that because of the video. So this is my pitch for my, my clients in the tech world. Let's do videos. <laughs> I think you should. I mean, we feature some guests on the show. We have more coming up 
um, that are doing videos in the tech world and the response is just crazy. You know, so much engagement and uh, I've seen it for myself, you know, jumping on a, a call, the first intro call I have with people and they kind of treat me like they already know me. And it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, it's a little bit of a weird situation, but it's awesome because uh, they're familiar with kind of what, uh, what gets me excited or makes me tick. And at least they have some familiarity when I don't know if I got that right. Familiarity. Is that a word? But they have, yeah, uh, they are familiar with me when we have that, that first intro call, at least at a, at a certain level, if you can get your B2B tech clients making videos, you got to come back on the show and tell us how you did it, because that will be a huge game changer for a bunch of people in our audience. Yeah, definitely. So I'll be back on at the end of the year and giving you some success stories because that's the kind of person I am. I'm like, yeah, I'm challenging myself to do this and this will happen. I can't wait. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> so are we ready to have you share your screen and try to tap your flap, tap to flap your way to the top of the guest leaderboard? I'm so excited. So, All right. So if you click share screen at the bottom there. I'm going to pull up my timer. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> I wasn't nervous to get on camera, but now I'm nervous to play this game. But it's so much fun. Are you seeing the tap to flap? I am. I got it. So okay. as soon as you start clicking, I'm going to start the one minute timer. And I'm do my stretching first. <laughs> if, you hit, if you hit a pipe and get a game over, just click and start again. And we're going to record your highest score from the one minute. If you happen to be flapping at the end of the 60 seconds, I'm going to just let you go until you hit a pipe. And maybe we'll get you to the top of that leaderboard. Okay. All right. When you're ready. All right. Let's go. Oh. All right. <laughs> That's all right. It's the first run. You got to get start somewhere. Okay. Off to the races there. Three is good in your first 10 seconds. Oh, oh no. Let's see. Let's try again. You got it. Find a groove. Oh, I'm so close. I'm, I'm such a competitive person <laughs> that I'm going to have to. So what is the top score so I know what I have to play all night to get the top score? <laughs> I believe it's seven. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, oh, oh. oh, there what? she goes. Eight, oh. nine. If you got 13 seconds left, can you top nine? Oh, at least I beat the seven. I told you I'm competitive. <laughs> and time is up, but I think oh. that makes you the new tap to flap leader, Emily. Congratulations. <laughs> This is so much fun. I love it. I could be wrong. I uh, am blanking on what the scores actually were, but I will let you know you're definitely, <laughs> you're definitely up there. With, Just let me uh, think of the winner for today. You're, you're definitely today's winner. Um, hands down today's winner. And you're definitely up there with uh, Caroline Van Buskirk and uh, Chris Boak. So well done. Awesome. Thank you. If, People want to get in touch with you, Emily, about anything we've talked about. Where's the best place to find you or reach out? I think the best way to reach me is LinkedIn. 
Um, you'll find me at Emily Lopez um, and then um, Elo Consulting. And then I also have a website. It's flow, uh, yeah, flowwithelo.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so flow. much for, oh, I'm it. sorry. So we flow with it. <laughs> we flow with it. We flow with elo.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'll be excited to have you back here. How you get these B2B folks to start making videos. Yes. Yes. I can't wait to come back. It was such a pleasure chatting with you, Andrew. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, it's humanizing the channel, humanizing the tech world, showing what the possibilities are. So I wish you the best of luck and I can't wait to come back and join you. Sweet. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.